And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Welcome to this edition of the Street Fishing Podcast. This program is dedicated to going out to the highways and hedges and compelling people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Join your host, Tony Miano, and his team of street fishermen as they find people on the streets with whom to share the gospel. No scripts, no planning, no preparation. Just impromptu gospel conversations with random people out there in a world in desperate need of the Savior. So, until the nets are full, let's go fishing. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it might be, wherever you may find yourself. Welcome to another edition of the Street Fishing Podcast. I am your host, Tony Miano, and on today's program, you're going to hear a conversation with Ava. Uh, Braxton Combs was out the other day fishing on the campus of Illinois State University as part of a full day of ministry out there. Him and a friend of his by the name of Jonathan were out there all day doing open-air preaching, engaging people in conversation, distributing gospel tracts, and in addition to that, he did some street fishing for me out there. And came across Ava. Ava had a big camera set up on a bridge overlooking part of the campus. Uh, She was working on gathering some B-roll for the campus television station when Braxton asked her if she wanted to be on the program. So I think that conversation is going to be an encouragement to you. Uh, But before we get to that, I want to remind you that uh, I would love to hear from you. Love to get your feedback, what you like, what you don't like, questions, concerns, comments. Email me at streetfishingpodcast at gmail.com, streetfishingpodcast at gmail.com. And if I read your email, answer your question on the program, I'll send you a copy of my book, Take Up the Shield, which is a devotional study of the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, where I compare the various pieces of law enforcement equipment I wore during my law enforcement career to the various pieces of spiritual armor that Paul lays out in that very important passage of scripture. Would love to send you a free copy of that book. So email me with your questions and comments to streetfishingpodcast at gmail.com, streetfishingpodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get right to it. Uh, Let's take a listen to this conversation with Ava, and uh, then we'll spend some time chalk-talking it after it's finished. Here's my conversation with Ava. Let's go fishing! All right, I have Braxton on the phone, and it uh, looks like Braxton has someone for me to talk to. Braxton, where are you this morning? Well, I'm on the uh, Illinois State University campus. Um, we have a Bone Student Center here. It's uh, kind of a, in, in a way, kind of a centerpiece of the campus. And um, I come out here normally to evangelize, uh, to talk to people, get in conversations. And I started this street fishing thing. I thought this would be a good place. and um, there's it's slim pickings out here there's not a lot of whole lot of people out here but uh i saw a young lady with a with a camera and um her name is ava she works for the tv program here at isu and uh she's kind of shooting some b-roll for an event that's coming up and um it's not too windy but we're actually on top of a bridge that overlooks uh, a road that goes goes uh through the campus so that's that's what's going on Wow. Okay, great. And uh, so what did Ava think when you came up to her and said, hey, do you want to be on a podcast today? 
well, I kind of asked her what she was doing and she told me and I said, hey, you know, um, we're doing a podcast. I explained to her the the reason, the reasoning behind this uh, this endeavor we're doing. And, and uh, she was like, okay, I'd like to like to do that. So okay. she agreed. All right. Well, great. Let's uh, let's talk to Ava. All right. Here's Ava. Hi. Hi, Ava. My name is Tony. Thank you for uh, being willing to get on a stranger's phone to be on a yeah. podcast you've never heard of before. <laughs> so, yeah, of uh, course. So, so Braxton tells me that you work for the uh, university's TV station. Is that correct? Well, I don't like, I guess I work for them, but like it's for my class technically. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah. what is your, what is your major? Uh, mass media. And uh, how far are you into your studies? I'm a junior, so it's my third year. So okay. pretty far. All right. What do you hope to do when you're done? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I like, I mean, I'm pretty open to what I want to do, like either social media, TV or film. So I'm not really sure exactly what I want to do, but pretty broad. So as a third year mass media ma uh, major, what is your general take on the state of media today as you observe, you know, what's going on in television, print, radio, social media? You, I think you... it's really, like, interesting what gets put out. Like, when you're kind of behind the scenes, you realize that only a certain amount of things can be, I guess, shown on TV or, like, what's um, most important is usually shown and not uh, other small stories. So it's really interesting to see that. And do you think that there, you know, one of the accusations by some about media in general is that the media is is not as, um, I guess, centrist or balanced, uh, but there tends to be a bias in reporting. What do you think when you hear something like that? I don't think there's really a bias when reporting. Like when people go out to report, they just do the news story that um, is like, I guess the hot topic or what's actually going on, they go and report that. But I think it's more about um, who decides what goes on TV. But if you're just reporting that, that's just, your job is just reporting. And and so while you haven't decided, I think you said you hadn't decided yet exactly where you want to take your mm -hmm. degree. Um, have you given thought to being a journalist of some kind or are you more comfortable being behind the scenes is that more of your niche i think i'm more behind the scenes journaling i have a hard time with like i guess writing the actual story like what actually gets like said on tv or like over uh what is shot like i have a hard time with actually writing it but i think more behind the scenes and like working with cameras is really what i like to do and and how is it that you decided on this you know, career path, this major? Is it something you've always, uh, always wanted to do? Or? Yeah. Ever since I was like, I don't know, like a teenager, I've kind of always been into like video and social media and just like films and stuff. So it all kind of interests me. And I just thought it would be perfect because I enjoy all of it. Um, what would you say is the, the um, I guess, most interesting project you've had while while uh, serving there with the campus TV station? Um, well, I did just start, but I think just the overall like training and starting 
has been really interesting just to like know how to actually do it like on your own like you go Mm -hmm. out with the cameras and you do like the whole thing like you interview people so that's been really cool to know how that works and just getting started with all of it you know now have you um uh, what are you working on right now are you working on a particular project right now yeah so i'm working on a story it's for like the wellness i think it's called swat it's like redbird wellness so basically like this tent comes out and they just promote like wellness on campus and stuff and like wearing masks so they're going to be out today at 11. so it's kind of slow right now but that's what i'm going to do once they're out i'm going to interview some of the people working and stuff so are are masks required on your campus uh in buildings but outside they're not required oh okay so what's your take on this whole pandemic thing um well what do you think uh, i don't know it's just a lot and it's like a lot of craziness it's better to be safe than sorry like i got tested and stuff and i'm gonna keep getting tested just because like cases are rising but i try to stay away from like parties and stuff but other than that like small gatherings i'm like oh yeah you come over whatever i'm not like that like isolated from everything and if i'm like outside somewhere being around people doesn't really bother me that much so now uh switching gears a little bit uh did 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 Braxton tell you what this podcast is about? Yeah, just like talking about the Bible and all that. Like, that's kind of the gist I got from it and just yeah, seeing we, how I feel we, about it and all that. Right. We interview people, you know, on the streets and in other places and talk yeah. to them about their own particular spiritual beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, so what are yours? Do you have any particular spiritual beliefs? Um, well, I went to like a Christian grade school, like basically all my life. I never really, I guess, connected with what the Bible said. Of course, like I believe in God and like Jesus and like his story, but I guess like church was never really fun for me, but I do believe that, you know, there is a higher power and that Jesus did exist. And that I also believe that people in like other religions, like their higher power also like exists. I feel like all religions kind of have the same not path but understanding of um god and like a higher power so would you say then that and i'm i just want to understand what you're saying i don't want to put words in your mouth so correct me at any point when i'm wrong that's Mm -hmm. uh, um would you say that all religions are basically the same or they all teach the same i wouldn't say they all teach the same but they're all connected in some way of just believing in like one power i wouldn't say like all their i guess their morals or like um like their readings or their teachings are the same but i would say that their path all leads to god basically yeah and here's an interesting question for you what do you think is more important what we believe or whether or not what we believe is true Um. I don't know. I think what we believe is like true, I guess, because okay. it's hard to believe in something that you don't know, you know? Right. So if, for instance, if, well, it, for instance, if Braxton came up to you and, yeah. uh, and said, Hey, uh, you're just the person I want to talk to. Um, I, I can't tell your ethnicity, uh, Ava, from talking to you. What is your ethnicity? Oh, white. 
Okay. So let's say Braxton walked up to you and said, hey, you are just the person I've been looking to talk to. I am looking for a six foot eight African-American male basketball player here at the university. And I finally found one in you. So can I, can I interview you? And he believed okay, with all, <laughs> and if yeah. he believed, if he believed with all of his heart that you were a six foot eight African American male basketball player, would it be true? Uh, no, <laughs> no, of course not. It, it doesn't matter what Braxton believes about Ava. What matters is ultimately what's true about Ava. If yeah. um, you know, another example is if, if I went to my bank today. And I and I uh, write out a withdrawal slip for a million dollars, and big smile on my face, and I walk up to the teller, and teller recognizes me. She's seen me in the bank before, and and uh, and I hand her my withdrawal slip, and oh, you're withdrawing some money today, Mr. Miano? Yeah, I'd like to withdraw a little bit of cash from my account, and and she begins to process it, and she looks at the withdrawal slip, and she says she sees it for a million dollars, and. Uh, <laughs> So she's dealt with me before. <laughs> she yeah. probably knows the millionaires that come into her bank. And so, but she, just in case, she runs it, looks at the account. And what do you know? The, the account reveals that I have $35.42 in my account. And she looks at me and she says, uh, Mr. Miano, did you make a mistake with this withdrawal slip? Uh, you're asking for a million dollars, but you have $35 in your account. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I thoroughly believe that I have a million dollars. So I'd like to withdraw that, please. She's not going to give me a million dollars, is she? Yeah. No, no, right. And and if I persist and insist too long, she might be pushing a little button under her counter and men in uniforms with badges and guns might arrive and I might be taken away because I'm demanding a million dollars when I don't actually have it. So it, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what I believe about my bank account. What matters is whether or not what I believe is true. So do you think that we can know what is true? Mm, not always. Okay. What, how do you think we determine what is true? I guess it's just like facts and research and I guess really understanding something to like its fullest. Okay. All right. And, you know, if you were to go to the reporting side of your profession, that certainly would be very important to your work is yeah. fact checking and determining whether or not what someone is telling you is true, uh, what you're seeing, you know, at the other end of the camera, whether or not that's true. So, you know, truth is important. We, um, we can't just live our lives based on what we believe if what we believe mm -hmm. in the end isn't true. So, yeah. All right. So another question, what, what do you think based on what you believe, uh, what do you think is going to happen to you when you die? Um, that I'm not really sure about. I don't know. Okay. No one really has an exact answer. So that's why it's hard for me to believe anything. You know, it's kind of like, I guess I'll see. Okay. All right. Um, now you mentioned you have a, a general belief in God and you went to a Christian school. So you yeah. probably have a basic understanding of, who he is, was, is, what he claimed. Um, yeah. Do you believe that there is a place called heaven and a place called hell? Uh, I don't know if I, like, I can't say that I believe that because no one really 
knows if there is. So for me, if there is, then okay. If not, you know, to me, it doesn't really matter. I guess matter because I won't really know. So I don't want that to affect my life if I don't know okay. what's actually going to happen. Yeah. So if if we think that we don't know something, can that something still impact our life? Uh, I mean, with that, I wouldn't say it would impact my life that much just because, like, once you're dead, I mean, yeah, maybe there is a heaven and a hell, but to be honest, I just want to live my life in the moment for what it is now, then about well, for death, it, you know? Yeah, for instance, um, let's say you had cancer, and I'm no prophet or physician, I'm so no predictions here of any kind. Um, but let's say you had cancer and you didn't know it. Would mm -hmm. that cancer still impact your life? Yeah, until, well, it wouldn't really impact my life until I knew about it. Because before well, then, but, it would, I mean, it, it would certainly impact your health. Yeah, maybe it would, right? and then I'd probably and, find out about it. Right. Um, yeah. Now, and what if, what if you had cancer and the doctor showed you that you had cancer uh, and the tests mm -hmm. show that you have cancer and you chose not to believe it? Would that stop the cancer? No. No, no, of course not. Of course not. So do you think God is a good judge? Wait, can you say that again? Do you think God is a good judge? Uh, yeah, I think so. And if he is, I agree with you. Um, if he is, by what standard do you think he judges? Um, I would say that he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't really judge it almost, like not really harshly because like all he has created, he um, like loves, like he loves all of his children. So I think that even if, I don't know, he may have done something bad, he always accepts like all of his children. So I mean like, I don't think he judges that harshly, to be honest. Okay. So how do you think he judged Hitler? That's an interesting question. If I I don't know. You know? He probably or, didn't like what he did, but he created him, so I mean it's hard, but people okay. do have free will, so it's a so, hard question. So because people have free will does that relieve them of the responsibility for their actions? It doesn't, but I guess that's, I don't know. Interesting okay. question. Um, how do you determine what's, uh, what's right and wrong? How do you go about judging the difference between right and wrong, good and evil? For me, it's more of just a feeling. Like sometimes you like can feel that feeling of knowing something's not right or you did something bad. Or sometimes you feel like something is right and maybe on the outside it doesn't seem right in that moment, but to you it may feel like the best thing to do. So that's how I feel about it. Do, do you think that do you think that it's up to the individual to determine what's right and wrong? Uh yeah, sometimes because like you have your own conscience. Mm -hmm. and own feelings and of course there are like laws and stuff and stuff that people know is bad and it should they should feel bad about it but i think it is really up to the individual most of the time okay and, and under what circumstances do you think it wouldn't be up to the individual um i guess like again with like government and laws and stuff that's when you know 
it wouldn't really be up to you if you did something that bad. So, so then in those instances, is it up to the society to determine what's right and wrong? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right. So here's, here's where I think that breaks down. Um, if it's up to the individual and you did have the caveat that look if it's against the law then it's not up to the individual so so i'm having that in mind as well yeah. but some would some would assert that well it's completely up to the individual you know you do what's right for you i'll do what's right for me you leave me alone i'll leave you alone and we'll live in a happy world the problem with that is is mm-hmm. for instance i think you and i ava uh, even though i don't mm-hmm. know you uh, i i'm going to assume and I think I'm on solid ground here. I'm going to assume that you believe that it's wrong to kidnap small children, kill them, and bury them in shallow graves. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's wrong. <laughs> right, right. And uh, and if you said otherwise, I might say, please give the phone back to Braxton, and then I'm going to instruct Braxton to run away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. That would be wrong. But if it's up to the individual to decide what's right and wrong, another individual could say, well, no, I feel good about that. I think that's okay. If it's truly up to the individual, then you and I who agree emphatically that that's wrong, we can't judge that other person that what they're doing is wrong. Now you added the caveat that, well, look, if you're breaking the law, then 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 it would be wrong um but where that breaks down is that you know we could look back just 70 years ago to a society that determined it was legal to murder jewish people people of color uh people who were gay or homosexual gypsies um the mentally impaired the physically impaired christians jehovah's witnesses uh, that was that was Nazism in Germany, and it was completely legal for them to do that. But I think you and I would agree that that was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, going further back in our own country, it was legal in the late 19th century for our government and our military to drive Native American people off their land, and and sequester them, basically imprison them on reservations. It was completely legal uh, because we considered them savages and we wanted the land. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think you and I would probably agree that that's, that was wrong. Yeah. We can go even a little further back in our own history. It was legal to subjugate people of color uh, force them into slavery, literally kidnap them from their own country, bring them here to the United States, subjugate them to slavery, consider them less than human. And it was completely legal. But once again, I'm going to assume I know Ava, that you and I agree that was wrong. Yeah. So even though it was legal, it was still wrong. So there must be a standard that's higher than the individual that's higher than society 
that applies to everyone. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you actually named named it when you said we all have a conscience. Um, that didn't mm -hmm. happen by chance or uh, over time. Um, that conscience was given to us by the God who created us. You and mm -hmm. I, Ava, we are created in the image of God. Um, we're image bearers of our creators. We're, we're not fish. We're not monkeys. We're not dogs or cats. We're not plants. We're people. Um, and because we're created in the image of God, God has written his law on our heart. You and I, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, I picked some extreme examples to make the point. But you and I both know it's wrong to lie. Um, we're different generations, certainly. My youngest daughter is uh, starting her master's degree program, so mm. probably a little older mm -hmm. than you are. You know, so yeah. we're different generations, different backgrounds. We're different people, but you and I both know it's wrong to lie. Um, yeah. Not because of how we were taught or where or when. Some parents tell their kids it's okay to lie. But we know it's wrong because the God who created us has written his law in our heart. He's given us a conscience. We know it's wrong mm -hmm. to lie because the God who created us isn't a liar. Um, for the same reason, we know it's wrong to steal. Um, we know it's wrong to take something that doesn't belong to us. We know, it's, we know it's wrong to lie to our boss and say, hey, I put in eight hours today uh, when we only work six. We know it's wrong to copy someone's answer off a test or plagiarize someone else's paper. We know mm -hmm. that's wrong, even though aspects of society would say, hey, do what you got to do to get ahead, even if you have to lie and steal. We know that's wrong because the God who created us isn't a thief. And so we know stealing's wrong. We know it's wrong to hate. Um, not, not, not because of what's being reported in the news. Uh, we're actually being encouraged by some media outlets to hate one another. Um, there are parents who are bigoted people, regardless of the color of the person's skin, and they raise their children to be bigoted people, but they know it's wrong. We know it's wrong to hate another human being because the, the God who created us is not a murderer at heart. And that's what hatred is. We murder people in our heart. We may not, mm -hmm. we may not do anything about it. We may not say it out loud. But when we hate another human being, we're actually murdering them in our heart. And again, we, we all know these things are wrong because there is an absolute moral standard written on each of our hearts given to us by the absolute moral lawgiver, the God who created us. And so, so Ava, when we, when we one day die and we stand before this creator God who gave us life, He's not going to judge us based on what we believe. He's not going to judge us based on what society tells us. He's going to judge us according to the law that he's written on our heart. Um, and, you know, we've all broken that. I mean, can you say that you've never told a lie? I guess maybe I have. I don't know. I'm a pretty open <laughs> person, but I guess. I okay. don't know. All well, right. At some um, point, yeah, have you ever stolen something in some way yeah an accident and then i told my friends about it <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay it was an accident it's so weird uh, at, 
Have you ever harbored bitterness or resentment in your heart towards somebody? Have you ever been angry without cause? Have you ever th even thought no. in your mind, you know what? I think I hate that person. Mm, I don't think so. Unless if I really know them and I really know a lot about them, but for no reason, I don't think I would hate anyone. Hate's like a well, strong Yeah, word. I didn't say for no reason. For any reason. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, and so those are all aspects of God's law. And those are, that's the mm -hmm. law by which he's going to, to judge us. None of us are perfect. Um, none of yeah. us have lived a perfect life in thought, word, or deed. I'm 56. I haven't lived a perfect day in my life. So I've had a lot longer mm -hmm. on planet Earth to mess up than you have. Mm -hmm. um, but yet Jesus said, you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Th that is the... That is God's standard of goodness, moral perfection. It's a standard none of mm -hmm. us can live up to. Yeah. So, so based on what you know about yourself and the reality that God has written his law in your heart, when you die and stand before him, do you think he'd find you innocent or guilty of breaking his law? I mean, I guess everyone would be guilty. You're, so I guess I would be guilty too. <laughs> but, right. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that is the that is the exact answer. Everyone, uh, which would have to include you and me, everyone yeah. would be guilty. The word of God says all have sinned. That's breaking God's law. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So, so if he were to find you guilty, what do you think he would do with you? Heaven or hell? Heaven. Okay. Now I know that's what you want, certainly. Um, but do you think that's actually what he would do? No. Yeah, that's what I think he would do, okay. and with everyone else too. And with everyone else too. So. Yeah. So God then is going to ignore the law that He's written on everyone's heart. Um, yes. So in a sense, then wrote His law on everyone's heart for no reason. Because there's not going to be any consequence whatsoever for breaking that law. He's just going to turn a blind eye to our sin and welcome everybody into heaven. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's see how that works out in a human courtroom. Again, God is the ultimate judge. He's the judge of the universe. Let's see how that works out in a human courtroom. Um, think of someone you love dearly. Okay. Okay. Whoever that might be whoever that might be. Mm -hmm. And let's say someone victimizes them. Well, let, let, let's let's go to the extreme. Someone intentionally with malice aforethought viciously murders the person you're thinking of. Okay. That person that person is caught. Um it's not a case of mistaken identity, it's not a corrupt system. It's not um you know, a jury of 12 people who couldn't get out of jury duty. Um, this person confesses to the crime. The evidence is there. They're guilty. You, um, whoever else may, may have been close to the person who lost their life, um, friends, family members, you're all in the courtroom and you're expecting justice today. And so it's the day of sentencing. The judge asks the convicted criminal, what do you have to say for yourself? And the person says, uh, your honor, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have killed that person. 
Um, I think you are a forgiving judge. And so I think you ought to just let me go. Judge thinks about it, rubs his chin for a couple of seconds and says, okay, you're free to go. Good judge or bad judge? Bad judge. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. justice, justice wasn't served. Um, because the requirements of the law was some kind of penalty against this crime. And the judge ignored the law. And simply because the person believed that they ought to be let go, the judge let them go. I would think most people, if there was a judge like that, would demand that he be removed from the bench. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so if we would have that kind of expectation on a human judge who is fallible, who can make mistakes, who's like the rest of us, is it not reasonable to think that the God who created all of us is going to be perfectly just, perfectly righteous, perfectly good? And, and I, I think that for many people, when they, when they think about those things and come to the conclusion that God's going to forgive everybody is because they're really hoping that God's going to forgive them. And so if God's just going to turn a blind eye to my sin, well, then I guess I have to think he's going to do that for everyone else. And so now we're not relying on what is true we're relying on what we believe we've actually created a god in our imagination to suit ourselves a god that won't judge but unfortunately because that god is imaginary in our mind it's also a god that cannot save it's also a god that cannot forgive because he doesn't exist outside of our mind so so ava because god is good because he's holy and righteous and just He's not going to turn a blind eye to your sin. He's not going to turn a blind eye to my sin. Because he's good, he must do what's right. Or he ceases to be God. He can't simply be loving and not be just. He can't be merciful if he is also not filled with wrath. He cannot be gracious if he is doesn't also hold the wicked accountable. If God isn't perfect in all of his character, then he's not perfect at all, and he ceases to be yeah. God. All right, so let's go back to the courtroom, and I really appreciate your time. Let's go back to the courtroom. Now, this time, it gets real because it's Ava who's in mm -hmm. the courtroom, okay? Yep. And, and Ava's been found guilty of a crime, and whatever that is. And because of the, the way the law is written and the punishment indicated for that crime, the judge looks at you and says, Ava, I sentence you to death. Now, the Your Honor, I'm really sorry. I won't do it again. That doesn't work. Um, Your Honor, I think you're a forgiving judge and you forgive everybody. That's not going to work. And so they're going to escort you into the next room where they're going to execute the sentence. But before they do that, Ava, the judge who rightly sentenced you, found you guilty and rightly sentenced you, the judge stands up from behind his bench. He takes off his robe of authority. 
he steps down and says, Ava, you are guilty, and Ava, you deserve to die, but I'm going to take your place. And the judge walks into the next room, and the sentence of death is imposed upon him, and you are set free. What would you think of that judge? That's just crazy. <laughs> sure, uh, it would be it would be overwhelming, wouldn't it? I think. Yeah, right? it would make sense. Okay. Here's why it makes sense. Yeah. And now we're going to bring now we're going to bring back uh, some of your Christian education to you. Okay. Because because yeah. that's a picture that's a, a picture of what God actually did. Look, God mm-hmm. God says that He will not leave the guilty unpunished. But yet God also says that he will forgive those who have broken his law. How can he do both and not contradict himself? Well, that's what happened at the cross. 2,000 years ago, God the Father sent his son to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, truly God, truly man, and without sin. He... Uh, was born of a virgin, just as the prophet Isaiah declared some 700 years before he was born. And unlike you and me, as God in the flesh, he lived a perfect life in thought, word, and deed uh, for some 33 years, a life you and I can't live for 33 seconds. And yet, even though he knew no sin, even though he never did anything wrong in any way whatsoever, at a time appointed before the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ, God the Son, voluntarily went to a Roman cross where he shed his innocent blood and sacrificed himself, dying a death he did not deserve to take upon himself the punishment you and I rightly deserve for our crimes against God. Mm-hmm. And then he forever defeated sin and death three days later when he rose from the grave and what god commands of you and me and all people everywhere is that by faith we turn from our sin and turn toward god and receive him as our lord and our savior and if god does that work in you if god does that work in me literally causes us to be born again born from above god will take our heart of stone that would dare to question his existence, his power, his authority, and would give us a heart of flesh. We'll begin to love the things that God loves, namely him first. We'll begin to hate the things that God hates, not other people, but our own sin. We'll be reconciled to the God that we've spent our life offended, offending by breaking his law and rejecting his gift of salvation. And we'll have the assurance of eternal life, not because we're good, but because of the goodness of God that would allow his one and only son to die for sinful, broken people like you and me. Mm-hmm. That's the good news of the gospel. And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And he said, it is the truth that will set us free that's the good news of the gospel what do you think of that i think that's true it all makes sense 
Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, so believing that, believing that's true, I guess uh, another question would be, if mm -hmm. if it's true that you believe that's true, is there any sin in your life? And you don't have to tell me what it is, if there is. Mm -hmm. Is there any sin in your life that you love so much that you want to hold on to so much, whether it's pride or whatever else it might be, whatever it is, any sin in your life that you love so much that you're willing to die and spend eternity in hell so that you can enjoy that sin in this life. Sure, yeah, <laughs> I guess. There is. Okay. Yeah, uh, maybe, okay. I don't know. Okay. Know. All right, well, I, I appreciate your honesty. Um, is there any reason why you wouldn't turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? And receive the gift of eternal life. I mean, I guess if you put it like that, I do. You do what? Um, like if, like if I do believe in Jesus, like saving our sins. I guess if you put it like that, then yeah, I believe that He would forgive me. But when you put it like the hell way, I was like, okay, <laughs> like okay. either way to me, like. Who knows if there's a heaven or hell, but I know, like, Jesus did die for our sins, I'd hope. If there was, then he'd forgive. So what's really important in this, um, Ava, is that mm -hmm. it's, it's not enough for us to simply believe that in our head. Uh, yeah. the, word of, the Word of God says that the demons believe and tremble. Satan, a fallen angel, knows exactly who Jesus is and what he came to do. He's yeah. not going to spend a moment in heaven because he believes that in his head. Uh, a, a friend of mine many years ago used, used this analogy. Um, picture yourself on an airplane and, and a stewardess comes to you and says, uh, Ava, you need to put this parachute on. Um, it's going to make your flight more comfortable. And you think it's kind of strange, but okay, the seat's cramped. It's a long flight. She says it's going to make my flight more comfortable. So you put the parachute on. It doesn't feel very comfortable. No one else around you is wearing a parachute. In fact, people start to laugh at you because you're sitting in a plane, a passenger plane, wearing a parachute. Eventually, you get tired of all the mocking and the discomfort, and you take the parachute off and you throw it to the ground. But what if the stewardess came to you and said, Ava, you need to put on this parachute. We've just lost the engines. The plane's going down. Your only hope is to jump out of this plane. Would you simply believe that the parachute could help you? Or would you actually put it on and trust it to open when you jump out of the plane? I guess I'd have to put it on. Right. Work. right. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If you jump out of the plane, holding the parachute in your hand saying, hey, I believe in parachutes. Or you leave it on the seat and as you're falling out of the plane, you look back to the plane going, I believe in parachutes, but you never put it on. You're going to hit the ground at 120 miles an hour and that's it. 
It's not enough to simply believe that parachutes work. We actually have to put the parachute on, trust that it will open, and guide us gently to the ground. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to simply believe the facts about who Jesus is. We have to believe to the point that we put our faith and our trust and our hope in him alone for our salvation. We literally, the Bible says, have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, um, I, I hope you'll consider these things. Um, there's yeah. nothing more, nothing more important than your soul. Jesus said, what is a prophet, a man or a woman to gain the whole world and then forfeit his soul? What will a person give in exchange for their soul? So I, I hope you'll mm-hmm. consider what we've talked yeah. about. I, I think Braxton might have some some material for you if you want it. But hey, I, I'm I'm very, very grateful that uh, mm-hmm. you gave me so much of your time today. Thank you very much. Of course. Of course. All right. I, I hope, I hope you. your studies hope your studies go well. And um, and thank you again for talking to me. Okay, thank you. All righty. Go ahead and give the phone back to Braxton and I'll talk to him. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I've got Braxton back on the phone. He spent a few minutes with uh, Ava after I finished my conversation with her. Braxton, what can you tell me about the follow-up? Well, um, when we first started, uh, Ava was very nice. And she, like I said, she was working with the TV. She had the camera set up above the overpass there. And uh, she just let the camera sit and talk to you. Um, that seemed to be what she was doing before I talked to her. Um, but afterwards, right after she hung up the phone, she handed the phone to me and started packing up the camera and was, I guess she was ready to go somewhere else or something. Um, so I tried to talk to her a little bit. I asked her if there was anything I could say and follow up anything that she might've, uh, wanted to say to you that I could say to you. Um, also I asked if you were respectful. She said, of course, you know, and, (laughs) um, but she was, she, she seemed very, uh, in a sense, pleased with the conversation, but stunned at the same time. I don't think she was expecting what she heard, but obviously I couldn't hear anything. She was just on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, she has like short hair mm-hmm. uh, to where it kind of covers her face. And uh, I couldn't see her facial expressions or anything. She wasn't very um, animated anyway. She was very calm and cool, collect. Um, other than that, I just pretty much read a book for school I'm, I'm reading and uh <laughs> And waited till she was done. Okay. Um, yeah, she, you know, she was pretty quiet um, during the uh, when I was presenting the gospel to her. Uh, can actually sense some, can actually sense some change in her uh, in her countenance. But so you know the way you describe how she packed up to go, and she wasn't upset, leads me to think that that young lady has a lot on her mind right now. Yeah. Um, so I hope so. But uh yeah, yeah. it was a it was a uh, it was a great conversation and uh you know as always Braxton I appreciate you 
being out there. Now, are you going to be on the campus uh, most of the day today? Is that where you're going to be fishing today? Yeah, yeah. And what are your plans? What are you going to be doing out there? Well, I have a, a buddy from church. Um, we were converted around the same time. We've been going out to this campus together on Wednesdays. Uh, he's a farmer, so he mm. can only do it while there's not harvest going on. He sells seeds. And um, so as long as that's not going on, he pretty much goes out with me on Wednesdays all day. So uh, we'll be out here. But um, just quickly about Ava again, I tried to give her a packet of books, uh, you know, booklets and stuff. And she said <laughs> she's a minimalist um, and she, she's trying to live kind of a minimalistic life. And, and uh, she didn't seem to want to carry all of it around. But uh, I did get a track called um, Lies Students Believe that you might be familiar with from Lake oh, Road yeah. Chapel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got that in her hands and I thought that that was, if I could get anything, I wanted to get that one. And I did. So now, praise, that's praise the, be to God. That's, that's <laughs> Charles and Mona Leiter, right? Yeah. 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 They, they wrote that track for college students. They sent me a bunch uh, some time ago. So great. Glad to, glad you were able to get that uh, into her hand. Um, wonderful. Hey, are, are you guys going to be doing any open air preaching there on the campus today? Yeah, I would like to, um, especially later on here, they, we might do some uh, lawnmowers coming by, but. Uh, I can't hear it. <laughs> uh, there's no amplifiers out here until right. past five, five uh -huh. or five thirty. Um, and we usually go over by a bus stop in front of their, their uh, dining facility and preach out there. So maybe after 5.30 we will, and or if Jonathan wants to, we'll come out here and, and uh, do some, you know, just voice preaching out here on the, what they call the quad on this campus. It's, you know, the open open area. As far as I know, there's no real free speech zone here. Um, there probably yeah. is, but they don't really enforce it. Um, we haven't had much problems with police or, or anything oh, out here as liberal as the campus is, so. Excellent. Well, hey, I hope you guys have a, a great and profitable day of uh, ministry out there. And um, I know the open air preacher's dream is for someone to come up and say, what must I do to be saved? And uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so maybe maybe that'll happen today. We could hope. Yeah, the Lord can do it. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, thanks for taking the time to uh, help me out to find Ava and to set up that conversation. It went real well. I'll look forward to fishing with you again soon. Yeah. Um... I'm I'm enjoying, I've listened to all of them. I really enjoy it. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing this one. All right, brother. God bless, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. All right, that was my conversation with Ava and a brief follow-up with Braxton. Uh, so what did you think? What did you think about that conversation? What stood out to you? Uh, what did you like? Was there anything you didn't like? Was there anything you would have done differently or said differently? Uh, um, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at streetfishingpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's streetfishingpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if I do share your email uh, on an upcoming edition of the podcast, I will send you a free copy of my book, Take Up the Shield. 
and uh, hopefully that will be a blessing to you. Well, I thought that conversation went real well with Ava. One of the things that stood out to me very early on was that Ava is the product of Christian schooling. Now, um, I don't I don't know how long she was in Christian schools. It sounded like most of her young years. I don't know if that included junior high and high school or if that was just elementary school. Uh, no matter how long she was there, certainly that school, whatever the school taught, uh, the friends she had there at the school, the instructors she had at the school, uh, did serve some role in forming her spirituality. Certainly that would also include whatever her parents might have taught her. Uh, that would also include whatever church she went to growing up. I assume she did, but I don't know. But either way, certainly the Christian school or schools she attended had some impact on forming her spirituality. And what did we learn about Ava's spirituality? Well, she believes in God. Uh, she believes in Jesus. She believes in heaven, so much so that she believed that everyone goes there. At least she did before our conversation started. She also believed that all religions are connected in some way and that all roads you know, will eventually lead to God. So... Um, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent or a tirade about Christian schooling. There are some very fine Christian schools out there, whether it be elementary school or junior high and high school, Christian colleges. Uh, there are some fine schools uh, around the country. But are you aware that most Christian schools teach evolution? In fact, I think the last number I heard pertaining to Christian colleges that there were less than 10 Christian colleges around the country that taught creationism, a literal understanding of the first uh, two, the first 11 chapters of Genesis as being historic fact, less than 10 schools subscribe to creationism. Most Christian universities actually teach, on some level, evolution. Were you aware of that, Christian parent? As you're ready to put down twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year on a private Christian college education for your kids? And so just because uh, young people go to Christian schools doesn't mean they are either Christian when they enter or become Christians while they're there or are Christians when they leave. Uh, just because the word, the school rather has a cross on its logo doesn't mean that that school is going to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, to be fair to Christian schools, there are Christian schools that teach the genuine, authentic gospel of Jesus Christ. And unbelieving kids go to those schools, and unbelieving kids leave those schools, not because the schools didn't proclaim the gospel to them, but because those kids heard the gospel and didn't believe the gospel they heard. So that's certainly true too. But Ava is at the very least a byproduct to a certain extent of Christian education. Now, one of the things that, uh, that Ava asserted was that 
all religions lead to God. Now that's true, but not in the way that Ava meant it. And had Ava pressed that issue, um, had she pressed that position, had she dug her heels uh, in the dirt and stood her ground and to insist that all religions basically have the same moral characteristics and similar structures and will eventually lead to God. What I would have said to her is, Ava, you're right. All religions do lead to God. All roads do lead to God. Only one, however, leads to life, and the rest of them lead to death. The way is narrow that leads to life, and few will find it. Broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many will find that. As I did say to her, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The way to eternal life uh, is very narrow. God has provided only one way for us to be reconciled to him, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ. But I, I didn't go there, and the reason I didn't go there is because it didn't seem that Ava was holding on to that too tightly. So I didn't really feel a need to, to press that issue. Uh, the point was still made uh, as I proclaimed the gospel to her, but I didn't have to be that direct about it. Um, one of the things I did say to Ava, I don't know if you caught it or not, but one of the things I said to her was uh, that, you know, believing in a God that condemns no one is a God of our own construction. It is a God of our imagination. And the God who condemns no one, the God who will send no one to hell, is also the same God who will send no one to heaven because that God doesn't exist outside of the mind of the person who has created that God in their imagination. So when, when people assert that, that their God, and, and often it will begin with the pronoun my, my God would do this, my God wouldn't do that, that's a good indication when they use those personal pronouns like that in reference to God in these conversations, that they have, in fact, created a God in their imagination. God doesn't belong to me. Um, God doesn't belong to you. While he is our God in that he has created us and we worship him in spirit and truth, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, if we are born again, while it is true, we can say he is my father who is in heaven. And in that sense, he is my God. Uh, unbelievers, when they create a God in their imagination and they use the personal pronoun, my, they use it in the sense of my genie in the bottle, my divine butler, the God that serves me, not the God that I serve. And so when someone has created a God in their imagination to suit themselves, and that is most people on the planet, including many who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ, when they assert that my God would not send anyone to hell, again, my response is, you're right. Your God wouldn't send anyone to hell because your God can't, because your God doesn't exist outside of your mind. Sadly, though, your God that you've created in your imagination, who won't send anyone to hell, is also the same God who cannot save anyone for the same reason. Your God doesn't exist outside of your mind. Now, again, as with the uh, issue of all religions leading to God, um, I didn't really have to press this issue 
um, about uh, God uh, sending everyone to heaven. I didn't have to press it too hard with her uh, because she really wasn't adamant about anything. Not to say that that Ava didn't truly believe the things that she was telling me, but she didn't seem to be holding on to them too tightly. And another thing that I asked Ava toward the end of the conversation, I think you heard it, I asked her, is there any sin in your life that you love so much, that you're so committed to, that you're willing to die and spend eternity in hell just to enjoy that sin in this life? Now, she answered the question, yes, and that gave me a moment of pause because most people won't answer yes. They might identify a, a sin that they're struggling with, but they won't necessarily answer answer yes. And so that took me back. That took me back a little bit. Now, Ava didn't identify any particular sin, and so for a moment, I wondered if she understood the question. And then I asked her another question I'll often ask, you know, is there any reason why you wouldn't turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? Now, her answer to that question wasn't real clear either, but the way she answered left me wondering, and of course I do not know, but I can hope, left me wondering if the Lord might be saving her in that conversation that if the Lord might have been working on her to save her right then and there. I, that's my hope. Um, I, certainly, I'm not saying, hey, the Lord saved Ava during that conversation. I, I, there's no possible way I can know that. Even if Ava were to make a profession of faith uh, during the conversation, I couldn't know for certainty if that was uh, an emotion, would be an emotional response to the conversation we were having, or because God was truly causing her to be born again to a living hope. But there were things there at the end of the conversation that at least left me wondering and has left me hopeful that maybe at the very least Ava isn't too far from the kingdom. Now, if you're outside the kingdom, you're an eternity away. I understand that. But my hope is that maybe... Maybe the Lord was working to such an extent uh, in that conversation and through that proclamation of the gospel that he took Ava's heart of stone and gave her a heart of flesh. I'm at least going to pray with hope uh, in that regard, and maybe you can too. So um, so that was my conversation with Ava. Not a lot to chalk talk uh, in this conversation. Maybe I'm missing something. Again, maybe you heard something or remember something about the conversation that you wish I would have talked about um, during the chalk talk, uh, but but I didn't. If there is, email me at streetfishingpodcast at gmail.com, streetfishingpodcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. And if again, if I do uh, share your email on air during a upcoming edition of the podcast, I'll send you a free copy of my book take up the shield. So uh, be praying for Ava. Pray that the Lord would indeed save her. And uh, thank you, uh, as always, for joining me uh, for this edition of the Street Fishing Podcast. And until next time, my friends, let's go fishing.
We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Street Fishing Podcast. The Street Fishing Podcast and Tony Miano's daily street evangelism efforts are ministries of Grace Fellowship Church in Davenport, Iowa. Grace Fellowship is a Reformed Baptist church that subscribes to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. Visit the church's website at gracefellowshipqc.com. That's gracefellowshipqc.com. And for more information about Tony Miano's street evangelism ministry, including books, articles, videos, and audios, visit crossencountersmen.com. That's crossencountersmin.com. Until next time, and until the nets are full, let's go fishing.